Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so glad to be here with you today. Today's show is brought to us in part by Baker Book Publishers. My friend, Pastor Luke Norsworthy, who you know we talked about last week. We have a whole episode with Luke about his new book just released called God Over Good. He writes about the fact that we say that God is good all the time, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's true. He helps readers trade in their limited definition of good for a God who is present in everything. Visit lukenorsworthy.com slash book to learn more. Hi to all of our Broadway friends who are listening because you heard the Mary Kate Morrissey and Jenna Claire Mason Moffat episode on Monday. We are so glad you're here and hope you'll stick around. The music in the background, by the way, is a song by my friend Seth Creekmore. You can look up his music under the band name Creekmore. And it is a song called Precipice. And he actually wrote it to go along with my new book, Remember God. It's an absolutely beautiful song. And if you've read the book, you have probably cried listening to the song like I have because he captured so many parts of that book in a song and I'm it even sounds like the book it's just incredible today's show is brought to us in part by Baker Book Publishers my friend Pastor Luke Norsworthy who you know we talked about last week we have a whole episode with Luke about his new book just released called God Over Good he writes about the fact that we say that God is good all the time but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's true He helps readers trade in their limited definition of good for a God who is present in everything. Visit lukenorsworthy.com slash book to learn more. So today on the show is one of my friends. I met her about a year and a half ago, a year ago, in Indiana, Pennsylvania, at one of our favorite churches out there where we got to do a women's conference together. Her name is Andy Andrew. She has a new book out called Fake or Follow that I think you will really, really love. So make sure you check that out and enjoy this conversation with Andy Andrew. Okay, listen, our books released on the same day. We are like, we had book babies What together. a treat. It was really cool. I loved it. I did too. I know. I think it's really fun, don't you? I do. And I just got yours and I cannot wait. Thank you for sending them because I cannot wait to read through it. I was flicking through it and it looks so flipping amazing. So, Oh, you're kind. No, I'm just honest. <laughs> I guess that's true about you. I mean, I feel like there would have been a day in our lives where releasing on the same day would have, I mean, like, in this career, yeah. there would have been a day where the language around releasing on the same day was, this is a huge problem. Yes. And now uh, there's something about our book writing little world culture that says, okay, that's great. Yeah. What do you think that is? What do you think that shift is? I don't know. I think there's a major shift that's happening if I, you know, from my perspective, that's happening kind of in the church world where I'm going, I think we all got tired of competing with each other. And we're going, Mm -hmm. how do we actually really just love and champion each other? Because it's really exciting. I mean, you know, just as much as I do, when, when the right book finds itself in your hands, like, I mean, it changes everything. So you just kind of have this confidence. God has given me a message. It's for a certain group of people. And that's where I wanted to go. And so when someone yeah. else is doing that too, you just can't help but champion them and get excited. I literally, um, I can't wait to post. I'm like, I, we just had our conference. And so I'm like, girl, I that is what we're talking about next. Pictures. Keep going. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited. Um, I'm, yeah, I, but I agree with you. What do you think that is? Would you agree? Or? I think that's exactly it. I think, I think there's a couple of standout voices that really helped lead us. One of them being like Jess Connolly. Yes, who just kind of from the beginning said like, we are for each other. Yes. And so when you're and my generation of writers started putting out more books, it started being like, oh, this isn't a competition. There isn't like a book. It's not like everybody can hold one book. And so if if they can only pick one book, I hope they pick mine. It's like, no, people, people can put four books on their Christmas wish list. Oh my gosh. So it's- let's tell them which four, you yes. know? And I think, too, I got to a place where even for me, I've got, even within my own church and with my own community, I'm like, there's so many amazing authors. Like, they haven't written their books yet, but it's like, I want to open every door that I can for these people because, once again, they're going to go to places that I will never go because my voice is different. And so— That's right. That's right. Oh, Jess Conley. She's a good human. I love her. Right? She really is. I think— she she's not quietly or secretively leading like it's not it's not like she's behind you know sometimes there are people that are behind the scenes that nobody knows but all of us know 
Um, like a Nancy Mattingly, who used to work for Beth Moore. Like Nancy is someone that so many of us look to and consider such a mentor voice, but no one would recognize her in an airport. Right. Jess isn't like that. Jess is very forward, but what maybe the public friends don't realize is that Jess also like kind of leads a lot. That's and true. a lot of like, by what I'm doing here, you're going to see me doing that and you're going to want to do that too. I, she's just been one of the voices for me mm. in our generation of authors and yep. preacher, speaker, girls. Yeah. That's like, okay, she she's telling me to do this different. That's so cool. I agree. I love that. I love her. Okay, tell me about the She Is Free conference. I want to know everything. What? How long? How many years have y'all been doing this? Well, actually, this was only our fourth year. And what is hilarious is that I... <laughs> also, every, there's nothing about only a fourth year, sister. That is oh, a lot of times to throw a conference. That is true. And I think, well, I was just talking to a few of the girls today. I met with some of my team, which are just friends as well. So it's funny to call them team. They're just good humans that I love. We love doing yeah. that together. And um, we were kind of talking about it. And, you know, I really started this thing out of obedience. And I, I hope this is okay to say, but it wasn't like I grew up with a bleeding heart going, I need to like rally the women. God was like, No, I think that's great. Yeah. You know, God just went, You're, you know, you're with holding something for the women in New York and um, Mm. it's time to, it's time to give that away. And so to my surprise, like people actually wanted to come Um, the first year. We're like, wait, what? And um, (laughs) so we've done this four years in a row now and it's really just our, our church community uh, coming together. We have got eight communities, five in New York city and three outside of the city. And our teams kind of rallied together and just host this beautiful event where really my desire is that people would just encounter God. It's kind of, we just, we have, it's structured, but not structured all at the same time. So um, we want to make sure that we're paying attention to what's going on. I mean, there was one stage where um, Ashley Abercrombie, one of our amazing team members here, I just really felt she, she has had an abortion in the past. And I said, Hey, I really feel like we're supposed to pray for this. And she got up and the whole room shifted and people Mm. got like, I mean, it was kind of one of those moments where it was quiet and then people just started weeping. And so we had to like lead the room and like watch what God wanted to do. But like some of the testimonies and stories that have come out where people are like, I would have never brought that up. I would have never. And she just had this beautiful way of bringing healing and deliverance to people. So it was, it was. So how did y'all, back me up just a smidge. Because y'all pastor, that's right. You and your husband both pastor the church or y'all, are you on staff? Yeah. We pastored together. Um, we, I mean, we planted it eight years ago, so he's Australian. So we moved from, I had been living there for 10 years um, okay. and had our first three kids there. And then we moved to New York eight years ago. And Did you uh, move there to marry him or did you move there because you wanted to move there? No, I moved there because I wanted to move there. And then I actually wasn't interested in him, which was so interesting as well. Um, but as it would go, like he took me out on a few dates and I was like, well, I'm a idiot. Like this guy's amazing. And so, um, ended up marrying him and staying there. And so the, okay. yeah, the intention was never to stay there. Um, uh, but the intention after we lived there was never to come back either. It was just, it ended sure. up that way that we moved to New York. And so we planted the church together, um, and we lead together. So, uh, it's kind of crazy, but that, yeah, that's how we yeah. roll. And so then really the conference, which I think this is an interesting, I'm seeing a couple of, where you and I met at the conference in Indiana, Pennsylvania, Uh this is very similar. I'm seeing this a lot more where churches are going like, it's not about the big conference. It's what do our women need? And anybody's welcome. So we're going to build, and it sounds like that's what you've done with She Is Free is y'all were... Your the women in your church had a need. Yes. And that is that okay, I would love to speak to that because I actually have um a friend who's got a church that's more southern than we are. Obviously, we're in the northeast, we're in New York. It's a totally different demographic of women. And um, we are we are like um 80 to 85 percent single women in our church. Uh really? It's massive. So even that's insane. Yeah, it's massive. And so I mean, I know that that's happened that that's happening everywhere, but at the same time. In New York, you know, you've got these women that are strong and leading and doing all of these things. And I'm like, God, there's such a need here. So my friend that is in the South, she's actually having her last conference. She's shutting it down. But that's because she's going, I hope this is okay to say, is that she's going, we want to integrate the women into church life where the men and women are running together and not have the women off to the side. Whereas I've said even to our own women, I feel like in the Northeast, women need, we, we are already integrated in a way. My husband's like, I don't care if you're male or female, whoever's the right person for the job, we're running together. That's how him and I have always been. But we need almost a realignment 
in, in, in the Northeast or even in the big city, if you will, of, hey, what does true femininity look like? We did a singles panel. And the very last question that I asked was, okay, what does it look like to honor men? Um, mm. when, you know, a lot of times we're talking about how, you know, the men won't do this or they won't do that, or, you know, no one will ask me out. I was like, what does it look like as a single, powerful, strong woman to honor a man? And man, the, 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 the responses were breathtaking, like the room shifted and you could feel even how, you know, I'm like, how do we raise like, like champion and love on our men in a season where it feels like the woman's voice is getting very loud. How do we continue to run together? Does that make sense? So, oh my gosh, I think that's brilliant. I mean, teaching because so many women I meet on the road think they want to start a conference. Mm-mm. And and you many of them maybe should, <laughs> but yeah, you're like, don't do it. But the first question is, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Andy. The first question is, what do the women in your community and your church need? Meet that need first. Yes, 100%. Don't meet all of the United States women's, Christian women's needs. Look at your church, build something that meets their needs. I mean, even though the Grove in Atlanta that Shelly Giglio yeah. and Passion City run, it's massive, but it is for Passion City people, other people are welcome. Yes. Yes. And I think that's the thing is we need to be, we need to be shepherding and pastoring our people. And yes, if other people come, that's, that's great, but that's not the point. And Uh I I think when you do, when you travel enough and you go to different places, you want to make sure that we are being the body of Christ and we're shepherding and caring for the people that we're entrusted with. But yeah, there, I mean, honestly, like I said, every year I tell God, I'm like, it's okay. I don't have to do this anymore. Um, you know, really? I, can, I can lay this down. And what was so crazy as I was in the middle of doing that, Joe, you know, Joe Saxton. Yeah. 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 I, I get this phone call from her. She goes, I have a word from you. I feel like God <sighs> is saying you need to stop surrendering and you need to embrace your calling. I was like, oh, please, uh-uh. don't ever call me again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, but you know, this, this year was beautiful and we, we sold out and it's, it's actually not about that, but it was this hunger. And I can't tell you how, you know, it's kind of like you just had to be there, but it was beautiful. Yeah. So it was it was amazing, and um, we're excited. And do you see year. something shift in your church after the conference ends? Yeah, absolutely. Because what ends up happening was so like one message I got from someone, you know, slid into my DMs on Instagram is this beautiful girl or woman, sorry, who's been coming to our church for a while, but not really completely connected with anybody, not really in community. And she's like, well, so I just casually bought five registrations for next year and Uh -uh. I am now getting planted in this church. I don't know what I've been doing. And I was like, you're hilarious. So you just, you kind of see this big, beautiful adjustment where people get revelation. They're like, I love these people. I want to do life with these people. Cause you know, I mean, one of the biggest things that, that we see in the church, not just in New York or in big cities is that isolation is a killer and we need each other. It's harder with each other. It's a mess when you do life with each other, but my goodness, we really need each other. So it's just really cool to see that happen. What do you do for the men in your church? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you bring that up because my, my husband too, like in the same way he's going, I don't want to just do something to do something because if you do, if you start something with human means, you have to kind of maintain it with human Keep means. Keep it going, like, girl. That is the truth. Right? And we've all done yep. those things. We're like, I'm going to do this. This is a great idea. And we're like, well, is it? <laughs> yep. Yep. And, and so it was interesting. Standing on this side uh, with me, we were kind of just watching everybody worship, which sounds totally creepy. But we were just kind of like, oh, my gosh, God, you're so beautiful watching people yeah. just in love with God. And he goes, you know, this is done something in me where I know I want to do something with our men. And so, um, I think that's what I love about my husband too, is like, he's not just going to jump in to do something that because everyone says he should. Cause there's people that are like, Hey, we've got shoes free. What do we do for the guys? He's like, well, until I know we're not going to start anything. So actually he's yeah. in the middle of, of that's just really brewing. And there's some amazing men rising up that are like, Hey, I'll help out whatever it is. So I'll let you know, stay tuned. <laughs> and I think that's a brilliant, I think you and I could talk about this for a long time because yeah. I think it was such an interesting concept, but that that the right answer isn't a men's conference and a women's conference. The no. right and the right answer isn't putting everyone together. The right answer is what does your church need? That's what exactly do your people it. need? And what does your community need? Exactly. Because I mean, even for us, I'm like, we're still when you know how a lot of people are shortening their conferences. I still go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, which is long. But these yeah. women come in ravenous. They take time off of work. They bear their souls. Like you've got laughter and tears. You got the whole gamut happening. I'm like, 
guys, I want to yeah. show up and do that. We're like picking out yeah. our outfits. We're excited. Yeah. So that's why too, you can't just, like you said, you can't just gather for gathering's sake. It's got to be like, right. what is the finger on the pole? Especially like in New York and, you know, some of our other communities, what do the men need in this time, in this season on the earth and what we're all walking through? So I'm excited to kind of see where that goes. And so you already, next year, I know our friend Mo is going to be there. Yes, and then Jackie Hill Perry. Yes. Dude. Yeah, I know. I, I'm kind of like, dude, dude, as well. Yeah. So I think we're going to have a, everyone's like, so is this a sex conference? I'm like, no, guys, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you are bringing in two people that are talking a lot about that right now. But do you know what I love about this? Okay, so what is one of the biggest issues we face today? Identity issues, right? Yeah. And sexual issues are identity issues. So yeah. I just can't, I'm kind of like, God, this is hilarious because I just listen and then I ask. And right. I mean, Mo's a friend. I actually have never met Jackie Hill Perry. Um, okay. So I'm just, I just felt like I was supposed to ask her and she said, yes. I was like, oh, cool. She's coming. But right. then I realized, oh my gosh, this, we're, we're going to go like to very sacred spaces um, next yeah. year. So we've already got, um, gosh, like 80% of our um, attendance this year is, is already registered for next year. So we're like, oh, that's awesome. What are we, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> right. But it'll be good. I'm excited. Um, how do you, I mean, this, I think this is a question for any of us that are listening and we have friends that are listening who like plan a conference at their local church or do have something like with a couple of churches in their community. How do you pick a speaker? Do you go for who has a new book coming out? Do you go for who everybody is talking about? Do you go for what their topic of expertise is? Well, how do you decide who comes into your church? Yeah, that's a really good question. For the most part, um, it's uh, that's why it's interesting that I invited Jackie because Jackie Hill Perry, I'm very excited to have her, but I um, I, like I said, we have never met each other. Um, but usually for me, it's, it's kind of two things. Um, it's usually out of connection and friendship. And then the other would be, um, just me going, you know, God, what do you want to do? And is there someone yeah. you want to ask? And usually for me, I know everybody's different, how we all operate or how we hear from God. Um, so that's okay to you, but like, um, a name will pop into mind or I'll be everywhere. And that person keeps popping up and I can't ignore uh-huh. it. <laughs> so, um, that's usually how it works for me um, because I have found that there is a big difference between like when you bring someone in that's a friend that you know that you're connected to, you kind of know how they're going to sow into your people because what happens is is when a, when someone comes in, they're sowing seed and you're the one that's going to have to work with the harvest or whatever comes right, out of that, right? Right, as the, as right, right. So me you as the have, speaker, I get to pop in and pop out, and you've got to do all the cleanup from whatever ex- I say wrong. Ex- exactly. <laughs> well, not even wrong, wrong or right. So it's better. Like so, for me, uh, having you would be a no brainer because it's like there's connection. I I know your message. I think you would actually yeah. do very well in New York, um, and with my my girls. And so I think about things like that, and because there's heart connection there, there's understanding of message and life lived, um, and what you would sow into. So so for me, it has a lot to to do with that. Cause I've had other times where I was like, Oh, I didn't know that person. And wow, we we're doing some cleanup and you know, that's just life. And that's okay. That's the church, the imperfect, beautiful church that I love. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So what makes you stay in plugged in and a staff position to a church versus just being a free floater speaker and author? Yeah. I'm a little bit of both. So um, I am part time. Uh, okay. for, for me, there's two there's two sides to this. Uh, I am very free flowing as a person, so I could totally come off of staff um, and just be an author, speaker, and and home with the kids and and do just that. But I really love our team, and my husband and I are yin and yang. We are very different, and he actually loves me being alongside him because there's yeah. just different ways that he sees the world and the way that he operates. Um, that he's like, uh, I'm, you know, I have a blind spot without you, and vice versa. So, um, and we kind of have learned that the hard way, where we've operated on our own, and like, you know, <laughs> you know, we're both super intense, but in very different ways. And so we just sure. have yeah. we operate very well together. So I come in more uh, at the executive level. So I'm on our executive team. So that's more vision and big picture decisions. 
and uh-huh. obviously work with the team of women that help like make She Is Free happen in the gathering of our women and then yeah. have input into more of the discipleship of the prophetic side of things because that can get super messy and weird. And so um, just making sure that that is like in a really, um, that's in a really safe way that we're rolling that sort of stuff out. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I keep hearing people say, going to church isn't the center of their relationship with God, that they can have a relationship with God without going to church. Mm-hmm. Why does it matter to you to go to church? Yeah, well, I think we've pro- maybe, um, gosh, over the last, what, 30 years or so, maybe we've lost a little bit of touch of the the why again. I mean, gosh, I the reason why I love going to church is the community of believers coming together. So what we, we call Sundays is it's not everything that we do, but it's the yeah. gathering and equipping center, if you will. So it's the place where we equip and activate and send out the church to be the church. It's the place where we gather together and we can exhort and encourage each other and be challenged by each other. And so we're really trying to just look at the early church and remind ourselves again, okay, why do we do this? Because none of, I don't think any of us want to jump into like rote religion or just showing up for a church service. We, we want to right. be part of something genuine, right? So I think that's why there's a generation maybe questioning, does church or showing up to church, does it really matter? It's not the center. Um, yeah. I, I think we have to be wise and go, no, maybe it's not the center, but it is a part of, and it is powerful. And so- yeah. So for me, I think it's the one place where, you know, um, uncomfortable conversations can start, where friendships can begin, where we can be equipped, where we can be activated, where we can be sent out. And so I think we just have to be more intentional. Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I think it's really important. I love building community and I think that's a part of building community, but I think breaking bread at a table is a part of community. I think showing up on your friend's doorstep when they need you is a part of building the church and community. I think showing up in your neighborhood for your people is a part of building church and community. So, you know, I think, um, maybe we swung too heavily, like this is the be all end all. I think it's very important. The gathering Uh is very important, Uh but it is not everything. So, yeah. Yeah. Why do you love building community? I think because I am a natural isolator. So <laughs> what's your Enneagram, Andy? Do you want to know what I just found out? And I was a little in shock until I started reading the road back to you. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is so right. But I am weird. I am a nine with an eight wing. So I am okay. a crazy person. I'm a passive aggressive no. <laughs> person. <laughs> You're a peacemaker, but you will take charge when you need to. Yes. And that is basically what I have learned. And so I was yeah. reading it. I read the peacemaker and I was like, this isn't me. And then I'm reading it. And like the yeah. you know, the pathways to um, becoming a better nine, I cried through all of them. I was like, this really? is so This is me. But then oh, I'm wow. laughing reading the challenger or the eight going, yeah, 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 I see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I was wondering because building community, but being a natural isolator, I was like, what are you? Well, but think, isn't that interesting though? So for me, because it's like, I want everything to feel safe. I want everyone to feel safe. And so my heart breaks when I watch people in the church not feel safe or feel broken Uh or not hurt. Uh And then I realize that the nine merges with all of the other numbers too. And I'm like, well, it makes sense as well. Um, Right. (laughs) Because I can sit across from the table and I'm like, I get you. I see you. Also, pull it together. So like I've always felt. Right. Um, So for me, I think that's what I've realized is like, I don't mind a confrontation, but sometimes I avoid it like the plague. And I realized, you know what? It is in community where we rub shoulders with other imperfect people, where we walk through stuff together that we become more like Christ. And I wish that wasn't true because then I could just be really happy and stay in my home and only be with kids (laughs) and not talk to anybody or pastor anyone or love anyone. Right. Um, But really, like, we're forced to get on our faces, like when someone offends us or hurts us or yeah. challenges us or sees something differently, because we have to go, wait, God, what yeah. do you say? And, you know, so I think that's why I'm such an advocate for it, but it's not easy to build. Yeah, gosh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, there are so many, I feel like one of the things we, you probably get this too, but one of the things I hear from my friends who talk to me through Instagram and Twitter is that they're lonely. Yes. Right? That, that they feel lonely. And so building... And I get that because I, I mean, just the other day, Andy, I, you know, I don't have a person in my bedroom. It's just me. (laughs) And so on the, I plug my phone in on the other side of the room. I don't Mm want to not have it in my room, but I don't want to look at it as I'm falling asleep. 
And the other night, I w- I'd been noticing, I may have said this to our friends that are listening already on another podcast, but I'm actually talking to my friend Andy. So I'm just telling you what I haven't told you I yet. <laughs> that I, when I plugged it in, I, my phone battery had been dying a lot quicker yeah. lately since I moved into this new house. And I was like, why? What is it about? And I mean, as soon as I plugged my phone in and started walking away, I felt lonely. Oh my and gosh. then I was like, oh, I've been on my phone constantly since I moved into this house. Wow. I just am lonely. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh, 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 that's why I'm on my phone all the time because oh, I don't want to be lonely. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I'm I'm seeing that and people talking to us too. And, it's, and community does feel hard, even for those it of us who hard. like, who talk for a job. I talk for a living mm-hmm. and, it, and I still can feel super lonely. Yeah. And that's been interesting for us too. So even when I say it was like 80%, when we said, okay, can all the single women stand up? Cause we want to pray. And I, did you pray down husbands? Uh, well, always. I mean, if yes, we're going to pray for babies to be born, let's pray for husbands as well. You know? Yeah, um, so I, I, well, that was one of my best friends. We're the same age. So I just turned 40. She just turned 40. She's single. Yeah. She really wants to have babies. And She's been, we've done 20 years of life together. So we've walked these whole seasons out and she was on my, the panel. Cause she's like, you know what? I'm really tired of Andy. I'm tired of the married people talking in church saying, Hey, single people, I know you're not married yet, but you can use this later. She goes, how about yeah. all you married people listen to what it's like to live single <laughs> and oh, you wow. have some empathy. For, and I was like, you know what? You're right. And so, yeah. um, but anyway, when that, the, that percentage of people stood up and we prayed it, like I nearly broke because I went. I feel like I'm so out of touch now with that, that I don't want to be. I want it right. in my face, but that's community right. too, right? So I'm like, I could easily be like, that's nah, really la, la, interesting. La, la, this isn't happening. And I'm like, no, Andy, wake up. This is happening. And how are you yeah, going to Community love? is not just circling up with other moms and toddlers. No, gosh, no. And yeah, yeah. No. It's seeing everybody. Yes, everybody. And letting yeah. it confront you. And let it, yeah. Let, and that, that, as I think, one of the things that's hard about community. And now we live in such a time where, and I don't mean any dishonor because I think it's all of us, right? Where we use the words, I'm so triggered. Like I'm triggered uh-huh. all the time. And so I think what ends up happening is so then what we do is we make sure we stay away from things that trigger us. But what we have to realize is people trigger us. And so, oh, right. In your, in your church experience from the past, may trigger you. It may cause you. But what that causes us to do is we've just got to pay attention to that and go, we could completely isolate ourselves because the whole world, mm. let's be honest, the news cycle drives me bananas. Right. Like it triggers me right. as well. So, so what do we do with that? And how do we go, okay, all of these things are pushing my buttons, but ultimately let that draw us to Jesus. So we actually get some healing in our hearts so we can be around other people. Our other sponsor we'd like to thank today is Samaritan Ministries. At Samaritan Ministries, believers in Jesus are committed to sending financial gifts every month directly to an assigned member with a medical need. But there's more involved than money or mere physical healing when there's a need. And Samaritan members pray for each other and for every aspect of the need and encourage one another by sending notes and cards. Every month, more than 70,000 households give generously to other members with a qualified medical need through Samaritan Ministries. And it's one of the leading healthcare sharing ministries in America. And as a member, I can tell you that I am really enjoying it. It's members like me send checks and prayers and notes of encouragement directly to other members in need. Healthcare sharing is a unique opportunity for us to be hands and feet of Jesus to our neighbors and our friends. The Samaritan Ministries direct sharing model is a biblical approach to paying for healthcare based on Galatians 6-2. So currently, Samaritan members give a monthly share starting at about $100, depending on age and household size. And I love this, that no family is going to pay more than $495 a month, no matter what size your family is. Thousands of Christians are joining the movement that allows them to care for one another with their health care, sharing needs from broken bones to cancer, pregnancies, and organ transplants. Nearly a quarter of a million Christians have chosen a health care option that adheres to their biblical beliefs and brings together believers and community. So you can learn more at SamaritanMinistries.org. Make sure you check them out, SamaritanMinistries.org. What does that look like to have the courage to walk in to a doctor's office or a church or back to school or a job interview 
when you know that there may be, and we're not talking triggering like abuse kind of triggering. We're talking no. like I was hurt here by a thing yeah. or I was mm -hmm. disappointed here or I was um, rejected here, but I am going to go back. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of courage. I mean, the thing is, the thing that I've learned over the last few years, because a huge, okay, so I'll just be completely vulnerable. For me, over pastoring over the last few years, I've had a lot of broken friendships and relationships. Yeah. So I was like, God, I, I don't even want to go to my own church because I don't like, I, I don't know if it's other people's unspoken expectations or the way that I come across, like I'm everybody's best friend or something. I just keep hurting yeah. people and I'm fine to take responsibility for my side of it. 100%. I'm like, Oh my gosh. But you know what God started to do in me? He said, okay, I'm going to ask you to do some uncomfortable things. I'm going to ask you to reach out and have a conversation with that person. Mm. And so he started having me, like I would be, I, I'd be thinking about somebody, he'd be like, don't just think about them, text them, ask them if they want to have coffee. But I'm like, but I don't want to oh, have wow. coffee. He's like, but now, right. the now's the time. Yeah. And so even just this last week at She Is Free, a girl who we walked through so much together and our relationship totally broke down. Um, and she was a part of our church and now she's planted a church in the city here as well. Our relationship uh -huh. was completely broken about six months ago that happened. I was thinking about her and the Holy Spirit said, don't just think about her, text her. So mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I feel sick. Like I felt right. like I was going to throw up. So I texted her. Apparently on the other end of that text message, she, she said she was walking down the street and she's just started bawling. And I said, do you want to really? get a coffee? And she did. And God reconciled our whole relationship so much so that she was at She Is Free. And I brought her up on the platform with me. And we prayed together for people to reconcile their relationships because everyone knew our friendship and they knew it broke down. And then they knew it oh, came wow. back together. But I tell And you they were what, seeing that right in front of them. Yes. So that was crazy, that, Andy. That it was horrible in the middle of it. It was horrible. I was going to say, I bet it sounds horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> but the thing that I learned in all of this was, do you know what I, I wanted to do is there was a breakdown of about the, about four other relationships. All God has challenged me to jump in and reach out and they're mm -hmm. all reconciled. All of them, all of them. Really? And, and like, I see you on the street. I feel no anxiety in my gut. So here's yeah, what yeah, I would yeah. say. Whatever God is asking you to do to make things right on your end that you can do, do that because yeah. it will bring healing to you and possibly to the relationship or possibly to, you know, I know there's bigger pictures. Some of you are like, well, what if it has to do, like you said, it's a doctor's office, it's this, it's that. I mean, I'm just going, be obedient to do whatever you can to, to get yeah. healing for your life. Uh, so yeah. yeah. How do you know when to stop? Like if you want to restore a friendship, I had one friendship fall just to shreds yeah. and never totally understood why. And that's hard, man. I, <laughs> I literally kept going until a mutual pastor said, you've Not done enough. enough. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, you've done enough. You've tried and there's nothing else for you to do. And I was like, but it's not fixed. Yeah. And he was like, there's literally nothing for you to do. How do, how do you know that line? Yeah, I think that's really good. Again, I've learned that in the school of hard knocks, right? You just figure that out as you go. Right. But I think one of the things that I've learned over the year, the, the last couple of years through through walking through some of this relational stuff was differentiation. So differentiating what is mine and what is theirs. And going, there is only so much. It's kind of like that whole free will thing that's really frustrating. <laughs> People yeah, have a free will. Yeah, right. They do what they do. I would love to control the world, but I can't. And so right. I think what I have learned uh, when to let go, because there are some relationships and friendships that I've had to go, okay, you know, I've done everything that I can do. I've repented of my sin in this. I have reached out and asked to get together. I have, you know, not, I have removed any unspoken expectations and spoken my expectations of this relationship or whatever that is. And if that just either falls on deaf ears or the other person doesn't want to own their stuff and they want to sling it on you and be like, well, you, you, you. And it's like, you know what? This is not a friendship. <laughs> you know, you kind of yeah, got to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, I'm not here for you to throw your crap at me. So I, that's right. I think there's got to be reciprocity in relationship. And I think that that's when you realize like I've been doing, I, I am tired and I don't see any reciprocation here um, right. is when you go, I'm going to let that lie. I'm, I'm not going to stop praying for right. reconciliation, but I'm also not going to be 
you know, getting stuff thrown at me every time I try to step out or be stonewalled yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. So, yeah. The other thing I found with the, I mean, there, it's not like in my 38 years on the planet, I have one broken relationship, but the one that, that wow. feels like this situation <laughs> yeah. we're talking about. Yeah. The other thing I had to come around was if you ran into this person at Target, how would you feel? That's the only thing I yeah. can control is how do I feel if I run into them at Target? Do I feel glad to see them? Do I feel scared? Do I feel angry? If I feel angry or if I feel like I'm going to be rude, then I've still, then the issue still exists in me. In you. That's so good. You know? Yeah. And so that's what, that's where, I mean, I haven't run into the person in years, but it's like, but I am where I think, like I can see pictures of the person on Instagram and, and not, I don't avoid seeing pictures of the person and I can't, I don't see pictures and go like, Oh, I can't believe they are with sweating. them. Or, you don't start, right, yeah. right, right, right. I'm I like, totally know what you mean. man, I miss being friends with that person. Yeah. Now again, this has been seven years, yeah. seven years. Yeah. And so it's been a long time at this point, but yeah. it is very like, it is hard to know when to stop and when to keep pushing because you want, you want it to be right, but you also can't be creepy. No, exactly. And I think too, when you, that, that see, I've got some like idealist in me as well. I was like, but Jesus and everything is possible and he can heal this. And it's kind of like, yeah. And it takes two people as well to, to bring healing to something. It can't just be a one-sided thing, but that it it is hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It's just, um, being friends with women is not the easiest part of being a human. No, it's not. And I think that's what's been frustrating too, is like, God's like, but it's worth fighting for and working it out. I'm like, okay. So even when she is free, we're just trying to create this environment where we're we're for each other. Like, I mean, gosh, I had, I don't even know, even for me, I feel like one of my biggest like jobs in life is just to release people in their voice and who mm. they are. And I had so much fun having so many of our women speaking and doing different things. And I'm like, I'm one note, you know, on this yeah. earth and I, yeah. we need the symphony, you know? So, um, but you're right. It's not easy cultivating um, friendships with women, but I have learned over the years, it's something worth, worth fighting for, even though it's not, it's not always, not always easy. It is not always easy. And do you find that like that relationship that you particularly like went on stage over, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then was it like, cool, let's, let's go to lunch next week. Or was it like, cool, let's run in next time we run into each other. We'll smile again. No, we're actually in a place where, um, so we had that coffee and then about a month later, the four of us, her husband and, um, and I and my husband, we all got together and had the most amazing like lunch together. And then we all were on vacation and traveling. And and then She Is Free was coming up. And I said, hey, I, I can't explain it. I just said, but just be ready. I don't know. I feel like I feel like I'm either going to have you do something or I'm going to. And she's like, okay. And so then we're in the moment. And I was like, hey, I need you to come up with me. And um, she's like, okay, cool. Oh, my gosh. In the moment. But that's me. So we have this joke with me. Everyone's like, nobody's safe. <laughs> so like and we all laugh because you know if you tell me a testimony or a story you better believe I'll be grabbing your hand and pulling you up and so it's people are like oh god why did I tell her that <laughs> so, is so funny yeah so um but no and even we've been texting like even today I just needed some advice um on on something and how to work with something so I was just asking her because she's really amazing at at some different parts of like actually really praying for people and deliverance and seeing things, which sounds crazy, but she's one of those people that walks in, will lay hands on someone, they'll be healed. She'll like crazy stuff happen. So I was just asking her, Hey, I have a question on how to, so we're, we're definitely in touch talking all the time. Um, like she came to my 40th birthday party and, um, to my parents, like my dad's birthday party. So we're literally integrated back into the relationship, which is really cool. Tell me what it feels like to be 40. I mean, it's good. It was like, I think what I, um, I've just wrestled with stupid things rather than I'm like, <laughs> do you know what I like mean? for your whole life or particularly turning just 40, tur- particular, like particularly turning 40 where I'm like, what is wrong with me? Like I've yeah. got, like the other day I cried. My husband's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, our team, they just posted pictures of me and I like hate the pictures. I look so ugly in my face, like my mouth. Oh, like wow. I, I need like lip injections, but I'm never going to get them because I'm scared and I wouldn't do, you know, and I'm like, but I have like these turned down lips and my nose is bigger and I look like I'm a witch, you know? Oh <laughs> he's like, gosh, Andy. I, I literally had a break and he's just like, this is not you. And I'm like, I know, 
But like, it's kind of one of those things where I was like taken aback that youthfulness and like people's like beautiful, like faces with lots of collagen. And it got to me. Yeah. And I was like, why is this a thing? Like, it's literally not been a thing for me. And, and I just felt like what, what the enemy kind of came at me with is, you know what? You're just average. You've always been average. And, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm average. And that's like, I was like, whoa. And so, um, it was, it was very, very interesting for me, but that was kind of one of those things where I felt like, I can't believe I'm, I'm, this is what is coming up when I'm turning 40. So it was kind of ridiculous, but then at the same time it was real, you know? I was with some friends yesterday and one of them was saying, we were scrolling Instagram next to each other as people do in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we, oh my gosh, look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we both got to the same picture of her that someone else had posted. Mm-hmm. And immediately I thought, oh my gosh, she is so cute. What a great picture. And she said, I've got to do something about my legs. Isn't, and I was like, aren't we oh ridiculous? my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I literally was just sitting there thinking how great you look. She's like, don't say that. I was like, this isn't fair. I should have said it first. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, you'll no, never believe me. This up. No. Right. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to think that was kind of like one of the major things for me. I think too, um, you know what I saw? We, my husband got me tickets to see Hamilton for my 40th. And so we went on my actual 40th birthday and I sobbed through the whole thing. And it was actually- Do you know, are you going to be so upset if I tell you I haven't even listened to one minute of it yet? Do you know I didn't either though. I didn't listen I, okay. to it. I just- I didn't either. I just want to see it. I don't want to know it before I see same. it. I was like, I, I mean, I can't connect with this if I haven't seen it. That's how I am. Right. I'm like- Right. I'm, I'm the same. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. So you, uh, so you I went were and, teary. I went and saw Hamilton and it was kind of like one of those, those cool life experiences where, and I obviously won't give too much away, but we do know a bit of the history of Hamilton. Right. So, <laughs> it is a historical <laughs> true <laughs> tale. Yes. I mean, I laughed and I cried. Like the hype is real. It was genuinely the best Broadway show I've ever seen. So well written, brought history alive in a way that like most ages would be able to absorb. Um, it was really, really cool, but deep as well and and entertaining. Um, it was amazing. But you know, the whole thing is his life was about legacy and writing and, you know, and kind of just like, God just reminded me, he's like, it's not about what you look like or what you, it sounds so stupid, but I just sobbed at the end because I realized life is about legacy and just what are we doing? What am I leaving? Um, you know, so in a way it was kind of a cool, cool day to sit there and just remember what life is really about. And it's not about whether, you know, I have these big creases and my mouth turns down and my nose is getting bigger for and sure, I look like my grandma, sure. you know? It's oh good. my gosh, get out of here. <laughs> but you- I also think it's really interesting to hear you talk about that because some of my fears around that are about being single as I'm aging. Yeah. And yeah. to hear you go like, it has nothing to do with being married. It has everything. <laughs> like having a dude doesn't make your face wrinkle less. No, it just So it's doesn't. very um, soothing isn't the right word because that's mean to your sadness. But it's very like. Um, you can say it. It's okay. It is. I mean, it's a little healing for me to listen to you say that because I go, okay, so so the enemy's going to whisper that to me. It, it's almost like I get it to put a new sticky note on my understanding of his battle toward me. Ooh, wow. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. He's going to do this whether I'm single or married. Okay. You know this isn't he, about me being single. Yeah, He's just trying to make me not like me. So let me add a sticky note to the things I list of what he says to me that is a lie so that when I hear it again, I can remember that he's lying to me. Dang, that's good. Because, you know, I think that's the thing I'm like coming into my own understanding too is like we're made in the image of God. Satan's mad about that. He is not. Right. He didn't get to have that. And so I think learning that we're we're actually created to hear the voice of God. The enemy comes to get in front of that. And I'm just, I'm learning to just love what I look like and all the things that I'm yeah. like, I want, because we all have that. All things, all of us have things we want to fix. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. Man, that that is, that's a good word because I think the the better we can, I'm trying to be real cognizant. And I think you do this too, based yeah. on my experience of you. But I'm really trying to pay attention to when, even if I get in a sudden bad mood, what it's really about. Yep. You know, 100%. like where suddenly you're irritable or suddenly yep. everything was fine and then it's suddenly not. Yeah. Why do I want to cut people's heads off? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I like have to stop myself and be like, 
okay, what's actually going on here? What am I actually hearing in my head? What kind of like Mm -hmm. storm did I walk into spiritually that I didn't even know about? Like, why am I suddenly worked up? I, I, nothing has changed, you know? And then you go like, okay, God, I need your peace because the enemy's trying to feed me something for lunch that I don't want to eat. Yeah, 100%. I'm like, did I just walk into somebody else's atmosphere or is that something yeah. that I brought in? So <laughs> right? pay, pay attention because sometimes that's it's right. else's atmosphere. We're like, we're doing great. We walk into a place and I was like, does everyone hate everyone in here? <laughs> like, you know? Right. Yeah. If you Man, guys- talk about that. Talk about when you walk into a room and you feel and you feel like you know something that you shouldn't know. Ooh, that's that's hard because you kind of want to talk about it. Like, hey, what, what's going on in here? <laughs> what else right. did I just bump into? <laughs> yeah. Right. But have you ever found that too when you're speaking sometimes in some places? Oh, where you girl. have to just pay so much attention. So I think it's whether you're speaking, whether you're walking into a boardroom, whether you're walking into, you know what I mean? Someone walks in and yeah. you're serving them at work or whatever that looks like. It's like, is that my atmosphere or theirs? And like, how do I shift that atmosphere? How do I come against that and bring a different atmosphere? You know, obviously Jesus, Holy Spirit, but you see what I'm saying. Right. And I think it's important, even in those moments, if you, especially in times where I don't know what's going on or when you're brand new to noticing that a room feels away because it feels away. And it can make you and, feel crazy. Yes. And and I have found that, yeah, luckily, my assistant who travels with me can usually sniff pretty well too. So I will invite someone into it and go, hey, something feels off here. What it, and they'll yeah. go, nope, you're just in a bad mood. Or nope, you just are tired. Or yeah, something's not right here and we need to think about it and pray about it and, yeah. and whatever. Yeah. And... And, and then times when I'm by myself, I really will say to the Lord, like, tell me what I don't know here. Just drop ideas in my so mind that good. I don't know because so there's something. There's just something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you handle it? What's your move? Well, it's kind of similar. I guess it would be because I also am a deep feeler. So, like, I, I feel atmospheres almost like um, if I walk into a chaotic situation, total chaos will disrupt inside of my head, in my mind. Um, and so I have had to get really good over the last couple of years of just doing the same thing, asking for discernment, asking for the Holy Spirit to go. Cause I, I literally have to walk into a room and go, okay, I feel all of a sudden I have negative thoughts. Like you're crazy. You're insane. You shouldn't be here at this. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm not usually like that. So I'm like, do you need me to address that? Oftentimes, um, well, when I'm speaking in particular, I will, I will stand up and be like, Hey, um, I just wonder, is there anybody in here who is de- dealing with chaos and confusion and um, and self-doubt? Oh, if you're speaking, you'll just bring it to like, I will. dear everybody. And, and so I do that because the moment you point it out, like it's like that the demonic has to go, dang it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> and yeah. And so I've started doing that mainly because it clean, it almost clears out the room. Um, yeah. in a good way. And, um, but it's really amazing how people are like, oh my gosh, like, and they're so happy you said something. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy it wasn't just me. <laughs> right. Um, right. You know, and if I'm, tr- if I'm honest, I'm sometimes worse at it at home because it's like, you know, with my four kids, they can all just get going or get me going. And then I'm just yelling. So I'm like, right. oh, right. Um, Lord, help me to figure this yeah. out and help. <laughs> calm it down before I, I'm <laughs> Everybody. Yeah, that's right. That's right, Andy. Yeah, so just an everyday life situation. You know? Yeah. And yeah. there have been plenty of times where I didn't get a good grip on what was going on until after I had lost my yeah. cool with somebody or that's after I'd been a brat about something. And so I really want to catch it on the front side of, are you in a bad mood because something's actually wrong and yeah. that needs to be fixed? Or are you in a bad mood because there's something more going on here totally. that you need to pay attention to? Yeah, I agree. And I've yeah. many a times had to come back and say, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> yeah, serious. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Me too. Okay, let's, can we please talk about fake or follower? Hello, it's probably can. <laughs> okay. If we started out talking about our book, Baby Twins, and then we started being like our real life friend selves and <laughs> walked away and went in 18 different paths. But I really wanted you, this whole month kind of has been friends of ours who are releasing books together, which I love. So Luke Norsworthy was on, me, Scott H- Harrison, and you. And Haley Morgan is coming in a couple of weeks. But I know you already wrote She is Free. Why was fake or follower the right one to come after? In the subtitle, Refusing to Settle for a Shallow Faith. I think that's beautiful. <laughs> what? Why was this the right next book? 
Well, I think it was a right next book because, well, she is free is all about, I want people to walk in wholeness, right? So, and I think yeah. Jesus does too, but then when your wholeness stops with you, it becomes a problem. So I, I think, okay. yeah. So what I realized too is, you know, living in New York, it's kind of like living in Rome or Corinth, right? So I, I love the apostle Paul. I love his letters. I love how he addresses things, but I also think about the guy and he, you know, writing these things from prison, he must have felt like, am I, am I doing anything right? Am I helping anyone? You know, it's only in hindsight yeah. now that we have these letters that we're so grateful for. Um, but I was reading these and realizing the, the wrestle that we have had here at Liberty Church through the last few years, um, through the highs and lows of the news cycles and how, you know, our city has um, erupted to it. And I would sit there and question, is anybody that calls themselves Christians, are we actually following Jesus or just want to kill each other? What is like, yeah. so I really wrestled with all of this. And because like I said, I'm a feeler, like I even, I feel nations. I feel it's, it's really annoying yeah. actually sometimes. And so <laughs> I felt like just, what the, do you mean when you say I feel nations? What does that mean? I feel the weight of our, our nation and the wrestle that's happening with its people mm. right now. And, okay. and I was going, God, how do we outwork the gospel in the times that we're living in? How, what does yeah. this look like where, you know, we're, you know, it depends on, you know, what pendulum you swing from when it comes to whether that's politics or what you believe in what the church should be doing at this time. But I feel like it just was getting so crazy. I'm like, okay, I have to go devour the gospels again and just look at this and go, what does it look like to let the gospel literally be like open the door? Because because what I was seeing was it's almost like we're going, this is all a distraction. This is all a distraction. Everyone be quiet. Like keep building the church. Keep doing this. And I'm like, wait, wait, no. I had a friend who said, no, like this, the times we're living in are not a distraction from the gospel. They're, mm. they're an open door for the gospel, for us to That's actually good. follow Jesus out into the world and, and, you know, love people well right now. And so I think for me, I was just kind of, there, there was a couple of things that happened and, um, you know, I was preaching down South and after I was done, this woman came up to me and I know she was well-meaning, but she just said, well, aren't you just so cute and entertaining? <gasps> oh, and I literally, my PA was with me, who's also a friend and she doesn't do well in awkward moments, but she could tell I wanted to kill someone. Yeah. And, because it's like, okay, cute. I understand. Yes, I look good. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. You're but, like, I mean, I know, but we got to talk about this. You called me entertaining. And, yeah. and I, I just was like gobsmacked. I had my mouth open. And so then I went down this spiral and I internalized it that night. I was so angry. I couldn't sleep. I, you know, and I realized, is this what I'm doing? Am I, mm. and I put it on myself first. I went, is this what I'm doing? Am I entertaining people? Am I making them now? Look, I, a lot of times people are laughing. I love listening to you. You laugh, but there's truth, you know? So I'm going, I'm mm. asking myself, God, am I, Am I entertaining people? And then I went, or does this say more about what we as the body of Christ in the Western world are coming for? Are we coming to consume? Are we coming to be entertained? Are we coming? Because I was like, God, if that's the case, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know, right. kind of one of those throw in the towel moments. And then meanwhile, my beautiful mother-in-law was in the middle of battling an inoperable brain tumor. And we're like believing for a miracle and sitting through appointments with her and all of that. And it was like the spirit of God said to me, you know, Andy, if you knew how much time you had left on this earth, what letter would you write to the church? And what letter would you write oh. to your children? And that's what this book is. It's a, it's, it's a love letter to the church. I mean, like I said, I, I hear the apostle Paul and I love how he wrote letters to the church, but my heart is like grieving for the church right now that we would stop fighting with each other. We would yeah. stop acting like we have some corner on the gospel that somebody else doesn't. We would realize we are a body and we would yeah. play our part and we would follow Jesus and we would stop looking at each other and yelling at each other and just get it together. And so yeah. um, that's kind of where this love letter came from. So yeah. Wow. How would you come up with the title fake or follower? And it's for people who haven't seen it yet. It's like a beach, right? Like it's, is that what it is? Is it water going up on the sand? Well, actually, I love that that is your, I love the creative because that is what it could be. It, oh gosh, now I'm looking <laughs> That's at you very sweetly different. being like, like no, yeah. it's not that, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, now I'm going to look at it like that. That's really cool. Um, but no, it was just like plain or depth. Like it's kind of like, oh, water. got it. Okay. But okay. also okay. beach or water. I like that too. But you know. Yeah, like, I just thought it was water going out from yeah, the sand. Sorry. Love no, um, fake or follower. It was actually just a question I asked myself after it was mm -hmm. kind of like this whole spiral that I went down when this woman called me cute and entertaining. And I just went, 
Okay. Oh my gosh. So this whole thing seriously was birthed out of that yeah. one woman. Yeah. And I literally, man, I, bless her heart. She did not know that she made a whole ministry you know out of that conversation. Did not even know. Like I would literally hug her and I'd be like, I know you meant Same. well. Like, I, don't I know. Think, but where it took me was to a place like it, oh, it jolted my eyes open. It opened my eyes. Yeah. And it was some of the stuff that we were facing even in our own church where I'm like, you know, people just offended about like, I'm like, is this really how you want to spend your life being offended? Yes. Yes. What a waste of your time. Does that make sense? So I'm like, I don't want to pastor this anymore. (laughs) Yep. That's right. That's right. I'm like, you have Jesus and you're acting like we're all supposed to solve the problem for you. But I'm like, ultimately you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Like this is all going to fall apart. So, cause you're going to yep. get offended. You're going to get hurt. It just is going to happen. But yep. we, so I just ad- address a lot of things that, you know, I had to look at myself and go, am I faking it? Or am I following Jesus? Am I, uh-huh. am I does that make sense? So, yeah. yes. Yeah. I think that's so important. I think that could myself included. So many of us could learn from don't the thing that someone says to you, release them from that thing and do something good with that thing they said. Exactly. That's, you know, like release you them from it, forgive them, let it go. But you hang on to that sentence yeah. and you you let it shape you in a good way. Yeah. And that's what I felt that it did because I was like, I yeah. don't want to play church. I didn't move to New York City to just play church or like just show up on a Sunday and be like, okay, let's make sure we have a quick bump in and bump out team and good job. And yeah. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's exactly what I say. No, no, <laughs> no. I just think that when you when you give people this opportunity, like what I love about Faker Follower is it isn't like, so here are the 18 things you have to do. Yeah. You just kind of went like, here's what it looks like to have a deep faith. Good, It's up to you, you know, like your choice. Yeah, and that's kind of it though, right? And I, I think I had to talk about differentiation again. Like I had to realize that even in leading people and loving people and writing books for yeah. people is I'm like, yeah. you just put it out there, but ultimately people stand before God. And I, I just, uh, yeah, I, I do hope that people choose depth and choose to walk out hard things and, yeah. you know, all of the things. I mean, the book has been out for a couple of weeks now. What are you seeing God do with it, even in you and in people around you? And it's not bragging. I'm just curious what the, the responses you're getting. What's been interesting is I'm like, I don't know if this is good or bad, but people oh, keep good. writing That's back. They're like, I have never read a book this fast before. Like I, I devoured yeah. it. Like, and I was like, oh, is that good? Or is it because it's like, I didn't write it very deep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> too easy to read. Now, um, I think the big thing that people are saying is they're writing back going, I feel like I'm getting punched in the face, but I love this. Like this is resonating. Yeah. These are things that God is speaking to me about that, um, things that I needed to hear, things that are causing me to really look at how I'm following Jesus. So like men and women alike, which has been encouraging to me too, mainly because obviously we pastor a church and I'm speaking to our men all the time as well. Yeah. So obviously yeah. a higher demographic of women by the book, yeah. um, just because women buy books. Um, right, book. right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that's been super encouraging to me and even just people from our church, they're like, thank you. Like, and and so that's been interesting, but it hasn't been out that long. So I will be curious to hear more um, if it causes people to really reflect on their relationship uh, with with God. But yeah, so that's been the feedback so far. I get that feedback as well sometimes that people read my books really fast. And I used to work through the same thing you were just talking about. Like okay? I've worked through that too of like, <laughs> wait, does me. that mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying I think one of the things I'm really learning and loving and you do this really beautifully of like here's my lane i'm not trying to be do 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 and do 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 and do 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 here's my lane and my my lane and sometimes your lane is people can read our books fast because they are not hard to read the content may be challenging but we are i'm i promise i'm not writing c.s lewis kind of stuff yeah i'm not winning pulitzers for this but i am telling true stories yeah so i that has become like it sounds like it has for you like a compliment of Okay, I gave you something that you connected with quickly. Yeah. And that's that's what I would hope if we were sitting at coffee together. I'd hope you'd have the same response to me that you had to that book. There you go. That's so good. Right. Can I ask you a question? Is for yeah. you with Remember God, what was the what was the big thing for you that caused you to sit down and write these pages? Yeah, it was that um I really had to come to the understanding of whether God was actually kind or not. 
the longer I was in faith, it's like this crack started mm-hmm. that was widening. And on one side was my experience of God, and on the other side was what the Bible said about Him. Ooh, and yeah, I could yeah. straddle it for a really long time, <laughs> but like two like glaciers, like two yeah. blocks of ice that are separating mm-hmm. on a lake. Uh, so that would not be glaciers, but two like pieces of ice that are split and yeah. separating on a lake. I had to pick one. Wow. And I either had to otherwise decide. Otherwise, you were going to fall in the ravine. Otherwise, I was going to fall in the middle and not be either. You know, I wasn't going to be true to myself at all. I was either, and it would have been pretending in the middle. And so I was like, okay, either God is who he says he is, or God is who my circumstances are telling me he is. And I need to figure out what's true. And so that's, that's the story. Fake or follow. It's that same thing. It's like, I read this, but do I live this? I believe this. I've heard this. It's, it's that I've got to experience it. I love that. I'm so glad yeah. I'm going to give this book to everybody. Just so you know. Girl, well, thank you very much. Um, hey, tell me what y'all are seeing God do in New York City. I love city talk. I feel like within our communities, so we've got the way that we um, love to build church. And once again, we are just listening to what God wanted us to do is we call them communities. So we've got five communities in the city, and they're all very different. We've got yeah. one in the Upper West Side, one in South Brooklyn and Bay Ridge, one in downtown Brooklyn. And Dumbo, um, and then we've got, or close to downtown Brooklyn, Dumbo isn't um, downtown Brooklyn, one in downtown Manhattan, and then one that meets in the evening there too. And I think what's been really interesting is now that we've been here. And y'all live on the Brooklyn side. Yeah, we do. We live in um, in Brooklyn. I love it. I love where we yeah. live. We've lived in the same neighborhood the whole time, and it's been wonderful. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. it's like really home, you know? And, yeah. you know, these people are like our people. You know, you know your butcher. You know your everybody here. Yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but I think the beautiful thing that, uh, that we're seeing eight years in is like, okay, we're starting to see some traction. And I know that sounds funny, but it's like a little bit of a hard place to build because people are so time poor. So you can't be like, you know, come volunteer and give all your time. They're like, look, I got to pay my rent. Otherwise I'm going to get kicked out. And so I think just seeing like the beauty of community actually being built here, even through the hard times and the, the good times has been really rewarding. And so I'm loving seeing people flourish in different industries that they're in. Like there's one amazing woman who we've been on this whole journey with and she's just starting to book Broadway shows, but she wasn't when we first met her. And you you know what I mean? You know, it's just fun watching people bring God into their industry. And I think that's what's beautiful about New York is it's very like, we've got it. How do we equip you to carry God and who you are and your unique calling um, into, you know, the marketplace. And so I think it's been really fun over the years just watching people begin to flourish in that. And then um, in a way, it's kind of like being in community for our communities. We're starting to see fruit. And it's eight years. It's taken a lot of time. But like eight years. People need to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like we come with this idea to build community. And I'm like, I want to see my neighbors saved. I want to lead them to the Lord. But it was only in this last year that we literally led two of our neighbors to the Lord after doing life with them, like incarnational, like we're here, we're doing life we're in this neighborhood. Um, yeah. One of them was on their deathbed. And then her brother came to the Lord because my son, Sam, who's the youngest, sits on the stoop and, you know, out on the front porch and just, he's like a 40 year old man. Like he talks to people oh. like he's been on earth for a very long time. And so people just fall in love with him. And so it's just been a, so like, sweet. it's just been a really cool slow burn, I guess. Yeah. I yeah. Would, so nothing like we're not like, and thousands of people are coming to our church. That's right. Not our, that's not our story. And we're okay with that. Um, yeah. We're just loving the beauty of taking our time and letting God lead. And so it's been cool. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. I just think, um, I'm sorry, I have more and more friends. Well, part of this job is you make friends all over the country, right? You that's really just how this do. job yes. works. Totally. But I'm, I'm having more and more friends who are in New York and watching their experiences, the believers and the people who aren't, I, that we just have so many different faith journeys going on in that city. Yes. And I just think it is amazing. And I'm coming to see Mumford & Sons up there, by the way. When? When are you coming? I'll be there mm, December 12th or 11th or 10th or something like Will that. But I'll be there that week. Yeah, yeah, let's do, let's do something. Come, come over and hang um, out. <laughs> oh, for sure I will. Hey, tell me, the last question we always ask, because the show's called That Sounds Fun, what do you guys do for fun? What does Andy Andrew do for fun? Ooh, okay. So, like, fun with my family or fun by myself or fun? Yes. All you of, get all to answer this. the question however you want to. Oh, yes. Okay. 
So our family loves to travel together. So we love to take trips. We love to have experiences together. So I think for us, like our happy place is Hawaii. We didn't go there this summer and it's going to be okay, but we do yeah. love to travel. So we just like to save money. And I know a lot of people are, maybe that's not high on their value system, but we love doing it together as a family. So yeah. that's how we have a lot of fun. How I have fun. Look, I got a massage yesterday. Yes, I girl. I to the spa. Um, yep. I love like having alone time as we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I love going to Alamo draft house, which is an amazing movie theater where they have yeah. food and you, um, you get kicked out if you turn on your phone in that place. So they really care about their movies. And that is a pet peeve of mine when people come to the movies and talk and turn on their phones. So get I out of here. I know. And I love going to the movies and I just love hanging with my family. I'm kind of actually like a real homebody. So that's how I yeah. Have fun. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Those are that was a very good answer, my friend. Three cheers for that Three, answer of fun. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Thank you for taking time to do this. I'm so grateful. I've been wanting to introduce you to my friends for a long time. So I'm glad we had a good time that we could do that. All right. Thanks, friend. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh, friends, don't you love her? She's just so wise. I hope you will go and follow Andy all over the internet. It's Andy with an I, A-N-D-I, Andrew is her last name, singular. You can find her at Andy Andrew on Instagram and Twitter, all the places where you love to follow people. You can find Andy Andrew. Make sure you grab her book, Fake or Follower, and give her a follow all across the internet. Tell her thanks for being on the show. Hey, if I can do anything for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find Annie F. Downs for hopefully for follower, but have my fake moments too. Annie F. Downs all across the internet, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you need to find me, that is how you can find me. I will be there. And if you need anything, just holler. We have had an incredibly fun month of shows and it does not stop on Monday. Make sure you're back here Monday because Ryan O'Neill from Sleeping at Last. I don't know if you've seen, but he has been doing an Enneagram song to go along with every Enneagram number. The seven song just released, which is my Enneagram number. I got to contribute to the song. We're going to tell you all about it on Monday. So over the weekend, you go look up Sleeping at Last and you look up your Enneagram number and listen to that song. If you're a one through a seven, eight, nine, it's coming. Sorry, you got a little more time. And then we will have him on the show Monday to talk all about all the Enneagram songs. But you know, we're talking a lot about that seven song because I love it. You guys go out and do something that sounds fun to you today and we will see you on Monday.